Good morning. Good morning, Rabbi Welcome to breakfast in the class. Uh, it's good to be back. Today is a little bit of a short, a short one and at, a, at, a, at, a, uh, at the 6.30 minyan instead of the 7.30 minyan. Um, as uh, we'd like to ask everybody uh, who's been praying and who's been with us, today begins the second part of, uh, of the program and the treatment from, from my wife, Hannah. So Hannah Batsimafega, if you could ask everyone for their tefillot, for their prayers, for their mitzvot. I will do another launch today of those WhatsApp groups. If anyone that can learn, that can study, that can pray, that can do a mitzvah uh, as a zechut, uh, as we embark on this second part, Bezat Hashem, we should see her. Uh, as well for Rabbi Eli Abadi and Yahu Shimon and Bazar Fortuna, and for our very dear Danny Safti, Danny, uh, Daniel Ben Le'ah, that he should come back to us and be part of the minyan as he always is. Breakfast in the class today uh, is sponsored anonymously dedicated merit that our son should study, should engage in limud Torah anonymously, as well dedicated for the health and happiness of their family, for the shidduchim of their children uh, by Drs. Habib and Rhonda Monas. Uh, sponsored by Shilomo Suisa in honor of Haron Shochet, thanking him for all the amazing work that he does. Uh, no doubt, no diggity, like they say. And as well, uh, the Yom Ha'atzmaut Super Deluxe Breakfast was dedicated in loving memory of Moshe Dabah Ben Gilsom, Moshe Ben Gilsom, um, in celebration of Yom Ha'atzmaut and Israel Independence Day, sponsored by Isaac Dabah. Uh, his father really loved Eretz Israel and everything to do with it. Um, sorry I wasn't here to be able to uh, read that dedication and these dedications on the day. Also dedicated in loving memory of Yudaf Fuzailov, Lino Shmad Yudaf Ben Sipora Mordechai, for a second Askara sponsored by Ruti and Rafi Fuzailov, and dedicated in loving memory of Lino Shmad Chana Batshraga, and Shimon Ben David, sponsored by the daughter Razi Katz. And dedicated in loving memory of Marcy's mother, Arlene Pollock, Lilui Nishmat Hana Batsara Lea Shalom, sponsored by Marcy and Stephen Feldman. And a loving memory of Daisy Azer, Lilui Nishma, Daisy Bagoji, and her first Azagara, Sandy, and Haron Shokhan and her family. Um, sponsored by Morris Mystery and dedicated in honor of Sammy Sutton. And uh, as well, the week of Cobra was dedicated for a speedy and complete Fuashima for Rabbi Nichana Farhi Chana Batsima Fega. And and finally, uh, dedicated and sponsored by David E. Ash, the week of Cobra, in honor of you and your substantial capacity to the good today and every day. Sorry I had such a long list, I've been away. So I had a little bit of catching up to do. My friends, I want to share with you something that I feel is really powerful. The Pasuk says, Emor el bene Aaron. Uh, God says to the Jewish people, He says to Moshe Rabbeinu, He says to Aaron, to all uh, of the above, I want you to say, Emor el bene Aaron. Say to the children of, uh, of uh, say to the Kohanim, who are the children of Aaron, lehem, and you should say to them, uh, how a Kohen is not allowed to become impure to anyone but the specific people that are allowed by a Kohen. And that is how the Perashah opens. And the, uh, the famous commentators uh, all say the same thing. Emor ve'amarta. What does that mean, emor ve'amarta? In the same verse it tells us, you should say to the Kohanim, ve'amarta alehem, and you shall say to them. And what's interesting is it doesn't actually say what you should say before it tells you what, it, what you should say. Again, emor, say to the Kohanim, the sons of Aharon, say what? Ve'amarta alehem, and you should say to them. Say to them, and you should say to them, what was the first saying that we then moved on and said, ve'amarta alehem? Lanefesh lo'itama ve'amav. And there's many different answers to this, but the answer that Rashi brings is the answer of the Chachamim, Lehazir Gedolim Al-Ketanim. The obligation here was that we were 
warning gedolim, the adults, the ones that are above age, le'azeh gedolim al-ketanim, on the youngers, to teach the elders that they must say to the youngers. So again, emor el-akohani b'nei Aaron, ve'amarta alehim, and they should say to them. So there's a separate commandment over here, telling the Kohanim that they must tell their children that they are not allowed to become Tameh uh, without the specific permissions given and in specific instances delineated by the Torah. Now the question here is obvious. As a Jewish dad, I have an obligation to teach my ch- child all of the mitzvot. That's called chinuch. So as an example, as a father, I must make sure that my child shakes lulav and etrog, Right? I have to make sure that my son remembers every night to count the Omer. By the way, little uh, tidbit of halakha that people don't know. If your son, if your child who's less than chinuch, who's not an adult, skips a night of Omer. So if you skip a night of Omer, what's halakha? Let's say you have the next day to make it up, right? Without a berakha. But if you miss the next day, what's halakha? If you miss the next full day, so if I missed a 25-hour period of Omer, no bracha. You keep counting for the rest of the Omer, but you count without a bracha. Chamovadia writes that for a katan, the katan continues to make a bracha even if he missed a full day. Why? Because his obligation to say the bracha is not coming from the same place as yours. Your obligation comes from the mitzvah. His obligation is to learn how to do the mitzvah, so when it comes time to do the mitzvah, he already knows how to do it. Okay? So there's an obligation to teach your child how to do the mitzvot. That's a mitzvah that is an obligation on the, on the parents to teach the children. If that's the case, that means that it is an obligation on every parent to teach their child every mitzvah in the Torah. Why would the Torah need to come over here and tell us that if you're a daddy kohen, you need to teach your kid kohen, that he cannot become Tameh. He also has to teach him all of the other halachot of being a Kohen. He also has to teach him all the other halachot of being a Jew. So what is specifically being stated in this parasha, in this pasuk, emor ve'amarta, tell the Kohen that he needs to tell his children, lehazhir gidolim al-ketanim. So my friends, there are different answers to this question as well. But I want to share perhaps maybe a, a different angle on this question uh, than other questions. You know, there are a lot of things that a person can handle. We can stand, we can stomach. But you know what hurts? What hurts is when other people don't have to keep the same rules. So as an example, you're in the airport, suddenly someone comes up to you and they tell you, you can't stand on this line. Excuse me, sir. You need to stand over there. But I'm so close. I can see the desk from here. <laughs> what are you making me go on this new line? You know, it's longer. But what do you do? The guy's wearing the yellow jacket, right? These, a lot of these people power trip sometimes, right? They feel like they're in charge. They want to tell you, yell at you, go over here, go over there. What are you going to do? Go over there. How about if you see that the next person on the line, they tell him to go forward. Go. Now you lose your mind. One second ago, you were upset, but you lived with it. Now, what's going on? Why is he? How come they? Why, why can that? 
says racism, anti-Semitism, anti-Shlomoism, like whatever it is. We're, we're furious. It was bad when everybody got messed over. But if I got messed over and someone else didn't, now the world comes to an end. I always quote that story. I was with the Briskarov. A fellow comes to the Briskarov and he asks him a halakha, a question halakha. And what's the question? The question is, he's a butcher. He asks him whether or not this cow that he slaughtered is kosher or not. The rabbi tells him it's not kosher. Okay, has to throw the cow out. What's he going to do? Gone, rahit. A few weeks later, there's a court case between him and one of his customers. Over $10. The rabbi listens to the case. He rules that he needs to give him back the $10. The guy's screaming and yelling and carrying on. I can't believe it. What are you doing? Anyway, the, the rabbi asks him, I don't understand. This court case is $10. You're losing your mind. He said, last week you came to ask me a question of the kashrut of the cow. I told you it wasn't cow. Coach, you know how much a cow costs? It's thousands of dollars. What'd you do like a good boy? You took the cow, you threw it in the garbage, or you sold it as non-kosher meat for, you know, for thousands of dollars less in value. That halakha, you took no problem. Here for $10, you're going crazy? He says, there was just me and my cow. Now you ruled against me in favor of that guy? No. You understand how disproportionate we are when it comes to that? So the Sifarim tell us that when it comes to other mitzvot, no problem. A Kohen could teach his son that he has to shake lulab. Kohen could teach his son that he needs to give 10% of money to the Ani. Kohen could teach his son that he has to wait six hours after he eats meat before he eats milk. Kohen could teach his son no problem that he can't do this and he can't do that and he must do this. The Kohen's kid is going to take it. But when the Kohen's kid looks around and sees that the other kid in the yeshiva, the other kid doesn't have to do this, and the other kid could play baseball. When I was in uh, Edison Yeshiva, we used to play baseball. And, and uh, left field in our baseball field was a cemetery. <laughs> right? It's never happened that you get a home run because the left fielder is a Kohen. And he can't chase the ball to throw you out. <laughs> you know, yeah, these are things that you never hear on a baseball field. You hear it used to, right? You know, Why'd you put the Kohen in left field? It's your fault we lost the game. Okay, fine. Do you understand this, my friends? Yeah? When it comes to the fact that a Kohen, a father has to tell his son, you can't do this. But all the other kids in the class, the religious kids in the class, they're allowed to do that? That the kid can't stomach. Emor ve'amarta. We're telling the, the elders to tell their children. And why are we telling them specifically this mitzvah? Because this mitzvah is very difficult to hear. My friends... So I want to draw two points from this, and with that we'll end. Point number one. Point number one. Parents need to focus doubly hard on areas that are difficult for their children to stomach. You know, when they say, you know, not all, you know, all men were created equal, some were created more equal than others. You ever hear that line? George Orwell, George Orwell used to say that. And of, of course, in an Orwellian way, it is true, right? There are people that, again, we were all created equally by God, but there's definitely some people out there that feel they're more equal than you. I agree with it, well, I agree, but I'm just better than you. We are equal, but I'm better than you. 
Somehow they figured out how to make those two things work. My friends, listen to this. Listen to this. Unfortunately, unfortunately, not all mitzvot are created equal. There's some mitzvot you tell people, wow. Tell a guy he has to give 10% of his money to tzedakah. No problem. Rabbi is beautiful. I love it. Tell the guy he needs to spend an extra nickel so that his so that the kashrut of his stuff is from a better kashrut, where they're more careful with kashrut. What is this? I'll never forget when I was in Hathaway growing up, my father was talking about the laws of Halab Yisrael and Bishu Yisrael. And one of the guys says, Rabbi, this is crazy. We're making up all these new halachot, Halab Yisrael. In Halab, we never had Halab Yisrael. My father met the cow himself. My father's like... <laughs> That's what Halav Israel is. That's what it is. I didn't make up something new, but tell the guy he needs to spend an extra nickel on Halav Israel. He's throwing a, a fit. Not all mitzvot were created equal. There's some mitzvot we're happy to do. Other mitzvot we go nuts for. My friends, in every generation, there's a different mitzvah, there's a different challenge. And the challenge of a Jewish young person in 2023 may look very different than the challenge of a young person in 2013, in, 20, in 2003, in 1993. And this idea, the concept of having a father recognize, listen, this mitzvah right here, this one, this one's going to be difficult for your son. I'm warning you, pay attention. Make sure he understands what you're trying to tell him. Make sure you've communicated in a way where he can onboard that mitzvah. That, my friends, is important. And, and I'd, I'd hazard even to say that just like I said that not all mitzvot were created equal, what I mean by that is that not all mitzvot are e- equally easy or difficult for people to do, a lot of times we spend so much time on the wrong mitzvot. What do I mean by that? There's no mitzvot that are wrong. But we put such an emphasis on the mitzvot that the kids are happy to do anyway. And we spend not enough time on the mitzvot that the children are going to struggle with. That's the first lesson. But my friends, being tahor is not the only mitzvah that is different for a kohen from other children. He has many mitzvot. Why this one? Right? Why, why tum'ah? Why, why, why not you tell, tell me about Kiddushah? Tell me about uh, who he's going to marry? These are... And one of the answers that I read was just astounding. It said, you know, a Kohen is allowed to become Tameh to the Krovim that are listed in the Pesukim. But more than that, he's not allowed. You know who's not in that list? His grandfather. His first cousin that he grew up with. It doesn't say the person's allowed to go to be mitameh to the funeral of his best friend. Wild. His father-in-law. His rabbi. 
There's people that a person is so close with that they would have wanted. Now, today, we've figured out ways of having the Kohanim be there but not be there. There's another room, there's a different entrance, there's a Chilkat Kohanim. They make sure that they bury the Kohanim. They specify the Kohanim are right at the edge of the cemetery so that every Kohen could come to the cemetery without going into the cemetery. They don't plant any trees near it so it doesn't grow over, create an ohel. We've come up with ways that a person... But in the actual, in the actual burial, in the actual funeral, there's things they can't do. They can't carry the casket if they would so, if they were so inclined. My friends, but we're learning over here something beautiful. When a person's in pain, when they're in a vulnerable state, it is incredibly difficult to do the right thing. The other mitzvot of the Kohen are not specifically centered around a pain point, a pressure point, a time of loss. And therefore, they are not as difficult as this one is. And what we're learning here, my friends, is that one of the lessons a person needs to teach their children is how to be a Jew in a difficult time. How to be a man, how to do the right thing when the cards don't fall your way. You know, the famous line of the song goes, players are only happy when they're playing. Everything's going well, no problem. Shemit Nadev, how much you want. Right? Rabbi, you want me to put on tefillin? Okay, no problem. But take a person who's angry, who's upset, who's bitter, who's lost, ask him to do the right thing now, it's very hard to hear. So how do we teach it? We tell the elders, when your kids are young, when they don't know that pain, when they're not in that state, teach them, prepare them, so that when the time comes, they'll be able to understand and know and already have developed the tools to be able to deal with those difficult times. What a tremendous lesson we're learning over here. On one level about teaching your children about mitzvot, but on another level, teaching and preparing your children for difficult times. Hashem should bless all of us and all of our children with only the best times. But life, life's not like that. Life is not all con candy, you know, and carnivals and parades. It's just not. Try and teach your kids something in your darkest hour, in their darkest hour, they can't hear. So what do you do? You attempt during the daytime to communicate the laws of the nighttime. Lehazhir gedolim al-kitanim. And sometimes... I think what the lesson is, is that we should show our children in our own moments of difficulty how they should act in the future when it comes their turn, Bar Minan. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, to be role models. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, to be resilient. Hashem should bless us never to need these lessons. But ultimately, when life throws a curveball, and it will, we want to make sure that our kids are ready. We want to make sure that they have the capacity to be able to deal.
Baruch Adonai Leolam. Amen. 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 Amen